everyone and welcome back to the Comeback Nation podcast. First of all, I just need to apologize for being gone for so long. I think it's been about five months now, um, but I have been crazy busy with a number of things, including starting a master's, which I totally underestimated would be as demanding as it was, although very, very interesting. If you've got any questions or you want to know more about that, just let me know. But today we have a really great guest called Michelle Raymond, who runs her own consulting service. So for anyone who is out there planning on uh, consulting, using their skills and expertise um, to serve companies, to help startups, uh, she is definitely one to listen to. But before we we begin with Michelle, I just thought I'd leave a few words of wisdom from Will Smith himself on failure and overcoming setbacks. Fail early, fail often, fail forward. Um, You know, it's always a little bit frustrating to me when, when people have a negative relationship with failure. Failure is a massive part of being able to be successful you have to get comfortable with failure yet you have to actually seek failure failure is where all of the lessons are you know when you go to the gym and you work out you're actually seeking failure you want to take your muscles to the point where you get to failure because that's where the the adaptation is that's where growth is successful people fail a lot they fail a whole lot more than they succeed they extract the lessons from the failure and they use that the the energy and they use the wisdom to come around to the next phase of success gotta take a shot you have to live at the edge of your capabilities you gotta live where you're almost certain you're gonna fail the reason for practice practice is controlled failure you're getting to your limit getting to your limit getting to your limit you can't lift that. You can't do that You until you get to the point that all of a sudden your body makes the adjustment and then you can do it. Failure uh, actually helps you to recognize the areas where you need to evolve. So fail early, fail often, fail forward. Fail often, fail early, fail forward. So that is what this podcast is all about. It's about extracting principles, lessons and learnings from setbacks and challenges in business and career. And I really want today to challenge all of us to reposition our thinking to see failure actually as part of success. So let's begin with today's podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Comeback Nation podcast. Today's guest is an incredibly entrepreneurial lady and I do actually follow her on social media and believe you me, she'll have you thinking you can come back and bounce back from anything. And she actually regularly and openly shares her journey in business on social media. Um, But one of the things that I really love about her is she doesn't just share the highs and the wins and the successes, which is great to see, but she shows us how she got there and she shows us the battles and the struggles during that process. So she's an incredibly inspiring and transparent and very motivating lady. So today, sharing some of her lessons in business with us is Michelle Raymond. (laughs) 
Hi. <laughs> Michelle, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. Firstly, thank you for having me. Um, really excited to see what transpires from this interview. Um, so who am I? I'm Michelle Raymond. I'm better known as the People's Partner, which works quite well because that's my business name as well. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the, the history behind my name is I like to partner with people. I like to work with people. I like to help people. Mm -hmm. So I don't always like to see people as my clients. Mm -hmm. I like to also, I like to see them as partners because once I understand what they want, where they want to go, I can then partner with them in other projects. So that makes me slightly different from, um, I guess, other consultants out there. I run a, a HR and coaching consultancy. So one arm of the business works with uh, established companies with staff. So it helps them with their human resources, uh, services, delivery in terms of recruitment, training, induction, uh, all of those good things to do with the, the employment journey from beginning to end. That's what half of the business does. The other half works with businesses who have, or entrepreneurs that have been in business for more than three years, and they're at that stage where they haven't accomplished as much as they should have accomplished in three years. And it's just looking at what gaps there are in the business, whether it might be self or it might be the business itself or the idea. And we look at filling those gaps mm -hmm. so that they can then, you know, parachute to the next level where they think they should be. So that's what we, we, um, that's what we do. That's what the people's partner does. Um, any, entrepreneurs out there anyone that has a startup anyone who's you know just starting a business or just needs to know more about the ropes around hiring people and paying people Michelle is your lady and she'll also coach you as well so it's like you get you get both you can't go wrong there <laughs> Very true. so can you share your social media info like where can people find you yeah so that I'm, I'm mostly found on Facebook and LinkedIn, so um, and also Instagram. So on Facebook, I'm under Michelle Raymond. On LinkedIn, it's Michelle Raymond, or you can type in the People's Partner, that comes up as well. And on Instagram, it's Michelle underscore Raymond one. So, but I, I've got, I think I've got a similar picture, so that will help matters. And there's not very many Michelle Raymonds out there, which is helpful as well. <laughs> but yeah, if you type in either Michelle Raymond or the People's Partner, either on LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram, I can be found there. And Michelle is really downplaying herself. I mean, <laughs> TEDx talks and she's yeah. like, that goes to expos. And what was your TEDx talk about? Just to let people know where they can play yeah. as well and what so back in January 2009, uh, eight, what were you, 19? Gosh, 2000, January 2019, I had the opportunity to deliver a TEDx. And it's something that was being on my vision board back in 2018. And I said, I definitely want to do it in that year. And I actually got called to do it in 2018 mm. um, at the end, around November, to deliver it in January. So I've fulfilled one of those life ambitions and I spoke about the impact of crime on people who are not the direct victims but the invisible victims of crime so I talked about my own personal journey 
of my husband, my ex-husband, who was accused of a really serious crime. Mm -hmm. um, he was then later sentenced. Um, and I just talked about how it impacted me and how other people impacted me and how I became a, a victim of how people treated me. Um, people believed that I was involved, uh, how um, I was mistreated on the streets. I had people put bricks through my window. Uh, I had social services on my case. So it's all the, the bits that people didn't see what was going on. And that's what I shared. So and I, my message was about in all crimes, there's going to be direct victims and there's going to be indirect victims. There's going to be invisible victims. And we should treat every crime with compassion and mm -hmm. to touch less and to show more compassion. That was the message. Sounds like you could write a book, Michelle. Yeah, it's something I, will, I want to do. And I will definitely do because I think there's quite a lot of people and people. And on the back of that, I've had the... And BBC come and approach me and they want to interview me and some other people who felt like they've been invisible victims of crime. Now, it's very interesting. I I know there's so many people out there, but a lot of people are nervous to come forward, which I can understand, you know, because it's not a, it's not a story a, you're proud of. But I think it's still a story that needs to be told because I don't think there's enough being done for people like me and like other people out there who, um, you know, you might have a partner or a sister or brother, or a cousin who's been accused of a crime or or even sentenced. And people just feel like you're, you're coping, you're fine, but you're not. Because we're, we're, we are suffering too. It's our loved ones. First of all, something's happened to them or they've done something. And then you've got the impact of how other people treat you. So there, there is a book in there somewhere. Definitely. I think there is. And it does sound very informative. It sounds like one of those topics that people just may not be aware of at all. And just one kind of talking about it will just open the lid on it. Speaking of opening the lid, I just wanted to remind everyone that, you know, I started this podcast because I loved hearing success stories. I loved being motivated by people that had accomplished their goals, no matter what they may be. Um, and I, I, I was interested in you know hearing people speak and, and buying those books uh, but I found that oftentimes the advice that was shared was maybe somewhat generic um, mm -hmm. or it wasn't always completely transparent you know they didn't always share the difficulties and actually the rejections the struggles the battles on the journey to reach wherever they wanted to go and I wanted to sort of open the lid on what it's really like to journey into a place of of your, of your goals and of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And of course, we always get the social media version that looks really glossy, that looks perfect, that looks like there's no trials and there's no struggles. And mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about, everyone. And I wanted to have a space where we could have gritty, open, raw, transparent conversations about challenges, but how we overcame those. Because mm -hmm. I do believe that sometimes our greatest lessons are learned in our struggles, in our battles, and they can actually help form and shape who we are. They can sometimes be the biggest wins we have that lead to us being able to accomplish our goals. It's just about perspective. It's just about how we look at it. it so yes. Michelle is here today to share one of those experiences. Mm -hmm. 
one of those um, times where she struggled. I mean, we do see her, you know, running her people's partner business and she's doing TEDx talks and being invited, you know, to speak at the BBC. But like I said, one of the things I love about her is she does share her reality on social media. You know, she does share some of the challenging times and she always shares how she overcomes them and how she refixes and reframes her thinking and her mindset to push forward. So she's a great person to follow. I do encourage you to do that. Um, but she's going to be sharing today uh, a time, a, a tale, a lesson for us. So Michelle, please, yeah. we do invite you to begin by just telling us um, what happened. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, there's been quite a few, actually. <laughs> there's been quite a few. And I totally agree where you're coming from about social media shows the glossy side and not always the, the other bits. And it's quite interesting. I had an issue um, with a client uh, doing a, a proposal. Uh, so in, a part of my work, I have to pitch for work or I have to do proposals and they compare it with other proposals and they decide. I had one particular issue where I had somebody who um, they got me in and they said, yeah, we would really love you to deliver some HR um, training to our managers on how they can best manage and lead a diverse team. So um, I put in a proposal and they came back to me and said, it looks really good, but we'd like to know more about how you will go about doing this. So I said, fine. Now I spoke to a couple of people and I had got some different feedback. So one person said, don't give too much. And then the other person said, well, you need to give them enough to um, for them to make a, a decision so it's so fine so I I gave enough so they can they they can see what I would do but not necessarily how I would do it now that my dear is a skill all by itself and it's a skill that I'm forever trying to perfect because you never know how much you're giving and you want to give enough of them to make an informed decision so that was a bit of a that was a massive struggle not a bit it was a massive struggle for me and so I put this piece together and I added more information and I just then this now this back and forth was going on for about a month a month and then they got me back in and they wanted me to pitch it and the two country managers were then asking me more questions which I was able to answer and you know we left then I felt really empowered I thought yeah great this I've got this in the bag I really understand what they want I've met up with them personally and professionally so I can really understand what the needs of the managers are. And, and because of that, I could do a proposal that pitched and matched their needs. Uh, so let's say, I think it was the Friday before I had to deliver the work on the Tuesday and Wednesday of the following week, I got an email to say, uh, Michelle, thank you so much. Love, 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 love. Or what you're offering but we can't go forward with it mm. and I was like uh okay why and they said um oh you know we've just had a look and we just thought you know it's just not right for us right now we're taking it into a different direction you know they say the same things that they say uh, only to transpire that they um so there was somebody who was there who I know and they used it they used my proposal Wow. And they delivered it themselves in-house. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's 
just disappointing. That might really disappointing anger. <laughs> yeah, so. it was disappointing. It was hurtful. I was really upset. Yeah. Really, really upset because I put a lot of work in, and I'm I'm a giver, so I always give more, and I. And I don't want to change that value of me. That's an inherent value of me. I just need to know how to manage it better. And I remember being at home and my daughter saying to me, oh, mum, what's wrong? And I was so upset. I could feel tears. I could actually feel tears coming in my eyes. And I thought, oh, my God, Michelle, it's just business. It's not going to disrupt your life. But it really did because I knew how I could help. I spent a lot of time on it. I got to know and understand the managers and I was really looking forward to it. And and in, in all fairness, I had already apportioned what I'm going to use that money for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it had a practical, there was a practicality about it as well as an emotional. And yeah, I, I was really upset. And yeah, and I, I just, and I thought to myself, right, I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to do this again. I felt that way. And it's like, easy to do that. It's so it's easy. It's so yes. easy. Yeah. And, and and to be fair, I, I did thought to myself, I'm not going to do proposals like that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you can't run a business like that. Businesses are based on relationships. They're based on pitching and proposals. But now my lesson from that was, this is the takeaway. I, from now on, so since then, when somebody says, oh, Michelle, yeah, we would like you to pitch for something, I get from them... A, um, I want them to give me a brief of what they're looking for. And then based on that, I can fill the gaps and I can say, yeah, I can do this, I can do that. So I now just tell them the what I will do. When they ask me how I'm going to do that, I say, well, I can't give you that information and you have to pay on an account, which means you have to pay me even for this preparation part. Not the proposal, mm-hmm. but the proposal and then there's preparation. And what I had done on the other job, I had proposed, I had prepared, waiting for delivery, and I didn't get paid for any of it. So I, from now on, I have three steps. I have the proposal step, where it's free, and I give you my time to really understand your needs. Then there's the preparation bit, which you have to pay for. Did so, you hear that, folks? Payment. For anyone who's just starting out in any form of consulting well, actually, some people who don't even run consulting businesses sometimes obviously get called in to do something, you know, do a piece of consulting work. Um, pay for, get them to pay for the preparation yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And so basically you split the, so whatever the overall cost is, you, uh, you, you, you say to them, this is the proportion of it. This is for the prep, that percentage. Then there's the delivery. And if there's any aftercare work, that's the third part. And that's now how I stagger it. And I'm more than happy to refuse an engagement now if they are not prepared to do that. Um, and now I do, when I do HR audits now, so now what I do with HR audits, because what's, what's happening with my HR audits, I will go in, spend a full day doing an audit, and then come back to them with a report and say, this is what you need, or this is what you don't need. And then I say, I can then deliver that. Now I charge for my HR audits. Mm-hmm. So if they then take me on to deliver the work, I just um, deduct the cost of the HR audit. Sure. Rather than do all of that for free, and then they don't take me on, and they've got my report, and they give the report to somebody else to deliver it. Nah. So this time... I get paid for the HR audit, whether or not you use me to deliver it. 
a lot of work goes into these things and and it's about valuing your time yeah and that's the for me that's now the best way forward and I think that was that's something that was a valuable learning lesson for you and I think it can be so easy when things like that happen to say right that's it I'm throwing in the towel I'm not doing this anymore and we have to almost step back and think okay well am I sort of throwing the baby out of the bathwater? Am I actually hurting myself more than anyone else? Mm -hmm. And it sounds like from what you were able to learn and take from that experience, you're now actually able to structure your services in a smarter way and actually increase your potential revenue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And it sets, it it increases revenue and it sets expectations. Mm. Definitely. And I've got very strong values on certain things as well. So I have to just remember what I'm here to do and don't compromise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those boundaries are important in business, especially when you're a service orientated uh, business, Mm -hmm. you really want to help. Yeah, that's effectively what you're there to do. You want to help and you want to give. I think you mentioned before that you're a natural giver. Yeah. And but it's important to remember that there are boundaries in that as well. You have to set limitations. And as you said, you have to set expectations. Um, and sometimes, sometimes actually, it's only when those boundaries are somehow passed or those expectations are not met that you learn where you actually need to place that boundary. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. definitely. So, so that, that sounds like a really... Um, important and valuable lesson for everyone out there especially those who are running consulting businesses and service orientated businesses consider asking potential partners or clients to pay for the preparation and I would say quantify and understand how long it will take you to prepare for a proposal and um apportion uh the amount that it will cost or the amount that you'll charge accordingly yeah definitely very much so very much so is there anything else you'd like to share michelle um in lessons learned around that experience i I actually went to their offices about three times probably i should have reduced that and did like one face-to-face and then other consecutive meetings on the phone um because once again it's time and 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 i calculate now my time from the time i have to leave my house not the time i'm there because um, even when I do my HR and I'm on on site, they just see it as I'm on site. But I had to travel from Kent mm. to where they are. Yeah. To do the work. Then I have to travel all the way. So, and you know, and sometimes it can be up to an hour and a half quite easily. So all of those things have to be factored in. Absolutely. And as a self-employed business owner, when people say to me, oh, Michelle, how much will I charge an hour? And I said, don't even look at it by the hour. Or they will say to me, um, I want to speak on stage. How much shall I start charge for speaking? All of that. There's lessons in all of that. And I, I, I get, get people to sit down and think about, think about preparation time, delivery time, and the impact it's going to have on people. That has a lasting effect. Mm. All of those need to be factored in your pricing strategy. 100%. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for that, Michelle. You know, really important food for thought when it comes to pricing and... Um, how we charge for our services and lessons learned. Thank you so much for sharing that. If you can just share your social media info again and how people can. Yeah, definitely. So on LinkedIn, I'm Michelle Raymond. 
uh, on Facebook, I'm Michelle Raymond or The People's Partner. So I have a business page, The People's Partner and Michelle Raymond, my personal page. On Instagram, it's Michelle Raymond, Michelle underscore Raymond one. And actually on Twitter as well, I'm at The P Partner. So if you type in The People's Partner, it should come up, but it's at The P Partner. I'm starting to use Twitter quite a lot, actually. It's brilliant for instant, <laughs> instant engagement. <laughs> actually, I've met a few people through through Twitter. It's actually yeah. quite good. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, thank you so much for being with us, Michelle, and thank you to everyone who has listened. Before we go, I'm going to share my usual quote of the week around disappointment and failure. And this one is by someone called Dennis Waitley. And the quote is, failure should be our teacher, not our undertaker. Failure is delay, not defeat. It is a temporary detour, not a dead end. Failure is something we can avoid only by saying nothing, doing nothing, and being nothing. Until next time, see you guys.